Reading is just a habit you gotta form in all of life. Books don't change people's sentences. Reading good, solid, reformed, Puritan literature, reading especially the classics, that's had the biggest impact on my life. Well, good day and welcome to another Reformers Bookcast. We are bookcasting today from our shop here in in our west suburbs of Sydney. And we're very privileged to have with us Reverend Dr. Peter Barnes, that's your official title, known to most as Peter Barnes. Thank <laughs> you. Welcome, Peter. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Tom. Um, and we have Andrew with us as well from the shop. Thanks, Andrew. Good to be here. <laughs> and my name's Tom. Um, now, Peter, you tell, tell us a bit about yourself. Tell us what you do. Um, what are some highlights of your life? Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, I'm the Presbyterian pastor at Reesby, um, and I've been there for 20 years, actually. Uh, just uh, last month or so. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, uh, to the congregation, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and before that was at Nambucca for over 16 years, and was in Vanuatu for three years before then. So that's what I've done, pastorally. Um, yeah, involved in Christian schooling, married to Lynn, and got... Six children and 11 grandchildren, nearly 12. So, so a good Presbyterian. Yeah. <laughs> no such thing as a good Presbyterian. <laughs> um, grace, grace. <laughs> that's, that's very true. And Tom, you're in all these podcasts as well. Tell us a little bit of something about yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, throwing that one in there. Um, well, I'm, I manage Reformers Bookshop. I go to S- Smithfield Baptist Church. And I'm trying to trying to be a Presbyterian. I'm a Reformed Baptist, but um, I've got four kids. Just had That's my keep going. <laughs> <laughs> just had my last one uh, about a month ago, which is great. Um, that's that's me. Now, uh, the, the way that we do these bookcasts is we like to get together and talk about a few books. And uh, a couple of the books that we've chosen to talk about today are around the topic of abortion. And the reason we got Peter along to join us is that. Peter has done some work uh, around the abortion topic, and uh, why, don't, why don't you tell us about uh, Evangelicals for Life and Hope House? Okay, that's more recent. Uh, the book, I think, um, back 1984 or something. But we'll, we'll get to the book. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Evangelicals for Life was set up after I arrived in Sydney, uh, so around two, year 2000 we set it up. It was only meant to be a um, you know, sort of body that put its two bobs worth into the, the abortion debate and tried to um, make a, a splash. Uh, it took a back step. It's got a website and resource papers, so we try to cover various aspects and and put out these little uh, printed pamphlets. Uh, but a lot for about 12 years or so, it was it took a back seat in order for Choices of Life to run. Choices of Life... Uh, for life doesn't run now um, and so evangelicals life has come back to the fore because with all we're doing on the run it's all done by amateurs it's all done by people who are not paid uh, and hope house has just recently been opened it, out of preston's it's a pregnancy help center and the intention is just to help uh, women uh, who have uh, a pregnancy that they might not be keen about uh, but help them to get through the pregnancy and to save the baby and to save them too, uh, to women. Uh, so they get physical support mm. and uh, all, any support they need, I think. Um, 
and, <coughs> and that's been operating for about uh, what are we March. Uh, it's about six months. Yeah, no. it's a very new. Yes, it's good. Yeah, and you've had a few women through Hope House. To uh, we've, we've had we've had a, uh, only only a couple. Um, so we've had trouble getting people to come along, but yeah, I think we're win. starting to find a few more now. Uh, a few more nibbles, and and we've had people expressing interest and people making offerings of you know accommodation and, and even adoption. Um, so we're getting a list of. Yeah, oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, hope, hope there's momentum there. Yeah. Excellent. So. Uh, well, let's jump into these books. Uh, Andrew, yours, <coughs> you're the, um, you read Peter Barnes's uh, booklet on abortion. Yeah. There's bit one about thing that. about reviewing a book. It's another thing about reviewing the book where the person's just across <laughs> from the table. From <laughs> yeah, you have to be not. But no, far enough that, no um, you know, <coughs> I feel well protected from... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, so, yes, I've read um, Peter, your yep. um, booklet on abortion. Um, I actually read it on a plane up to Queensland um, when I was going up for a class because I'm studying nursing. Okay, um, okay. One of the things I found most interesting is... Um, it's always a question of what's what are you going to read when you open up the pages of a book, um, and I was um, delighted to see a lot of history um, that you've actually written into this book, and not just one or two, but multiple um, accounts of history, and especially revolving around the view of morality and children, mm-hmm. um, and coming to um, Hope House as well. Um, the whole point of Hope House is. It's not just about the physical side of the mother. Mm. There's a psychological working mm. that happens with um, considering and actually following through with an abortion, which you address in this book. Um, I found it helpful to look at um, how abortion isn't something new. Um, no. Yes, it's making a lot of headlines um, these days, especially in New South Wales, where um, the push for the reproductive rights bill just went through the New South Wales Parliament. Um, but it's been around for a long time. It goes all the way back into Old Testament time where um, where parents were offering up children um, as child sacrifices. Um, going back as far as that to look at um, what is a life, um, what's the value of a life, uh, but really addressing in your book um, the bib- biblical basis of saying, well, life starts in the womb. And yes. that's where we need to start. We need to consider that life is being taken from the womb itself. And that's where a lot of these psychological issues also come from. Mm. The fact that there's, you talk about a grief um, mm. that is intangible. Um, yeah. We can't um, fully comprehend the loss because we've never seen, we've never touched, the mother's never felt, um, but that grief is still there. Mm. Um, so well, once it's the mother has felt, I mean, the, the mother grieves of the miscarriage, uh, an abortion has got all that plus uh, the sense that, you know, I've done this. Yeah. Whereas miscarriage, this has happened to me. So it's a different kind of grief. It's grief mixed with guilt. Uh, mm. And it's more devastating. Yeah. And, and it will come to the fore eventually. You know, some people deny and say, you know, so, you know, shout your abortion. In America, there's a movement there. But that, that's phony. It's... Uh, it's it's denying nature. It shouts something that deep down inside me I know should not be shouted mm-hmm. and cannot be celebrated. Uh, yeah. And one thing, it's not popular, especially these days, to say that somebody's wrong, someone's doing what is ill, and doing something that um, you are claiming is a crime against God. 
but it, it hardly just sits there through this booklet. It ends with a place of grace where right. um, you talk about how um, Paul and David, those in Scripture who shed blood mm. by Christ's blood, they can be redeemed too. Yes. They can be forgiven. Yes. Yeah, well, the, the God of the Bible is a uh, uh, God who's altogether holy and a God who is gracious too. So we need to emphasise both. Mm. Uh, and both come to the fore in the, the abortion issue, as in every other issue. Uh, so the Bible doesn't pretend that some things are, are right when they're wrong. It said, no, you face up that this is wrong. Mm. Uh, but here is you know, God's rescue plan. Mm. Uh, here is the coming of Christ. He's the death on the cross. He's the resurrection from the dead. Uh, he was grace abounding to the chief of sinners. To quite a good Baptist. So. <laughs> John Bunyan. You know, Bunyan. Um, so, why don't you tell us a bit about the book that you've brought along, Peter, as, as well, and then we can... Uh, I was asked to review it. It's uh, Dr. Lizzie Ling uh, with Vaughan Roberts, and it's just simply called Abortion. It's a, uh, a short book. It's only about 100 pages or so. Uh, and it just goes through uh, most of the main aspects, I think, of, of the abortion issue. Deals with um, scripture passages, deals with... Uh, examples and uh, we need to know what actually happens because that's covered over you know mm. it's given a euphemism you know termination um, and, and and your your books quite shockingly starts with that um, yes and yeah it's it really shakes you around when you well sort of yeah the, the, the only way we live with sin is to call it by another name or disguise it in some way mm. so yeah, abortion is not kill, called the killing of babies. Well, it, it, you're having a baby if you want the baby. If you don't want the baby, you're having a fetus. Well, fetus sounds you know, Latin. Who, know, who reads Latin? Um, it's a Latin word for baby, but uh, but, but it just sounds a bit distant. So yes, yes. I get rid of a fetus. Um, uh, it's a termination. It's not a killing. And it's you might say it's human life, but it's not a human person. So you try to make that distinction, which is artificial uh, mm. so nobody makes that distinction unless they're trying to cover something but that's what the bible tells us about sin we uh, if we either cover it or confess and forsake it you know proverbs 28 13 and and covering it can be very subtle uh, can be sophisticated very philosophical or can be very just up front and you know call it by another name and therefore i can live with it uh, but yeah so so the goal, the goal of this book, uh, it's part of a series called the Talking Points series, yes. and the, the goal is to have us talking about the the topic, uh, yes. talking about the issue of of abortion, and uh, so that that sort of feeds into what you're what you're saying. Mm. Do you think we talk about abortion enough, and and in what sort of context should we just just opening? Yeah. Well, I think that um, there. what I what I've noticed is. Christians are very led in their discussions with one another based around the media, mm-hmm. which I don't think is helpful. No. It, it's good because what's mm. what's the world talking about? How are we going to respond? But we're reactive. We're not actually working through these things in preparation to have a response before these things arise. Yeah. Um, so books like this are fantastic to get get people up to speed, the talking points. And, um, and even a little book, yeah. yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that's just one thing I've noticed, that we're reactive rather than, um, yeah, just being prepared in all things. Yeah, that's interesting. 
Yes. Yeah, the world's into climate change or domestic violence or something. So suddenly that's all we talk about. Yeah. And that, I mean, we need to. <laughs> but that uh, reactive response is, is uh, often not all that helpful. It looks like the world's doing the running and the world's set, setting the agenda. And we don't set the agenda. What are the key issues? What are the, the more vital issues? Yeah. Well, this is an issue of life. Uh, can we equip the church to respond? Yeah, yeah. And and so these booklets are a good way. But one one of the things I find is difficult, particularly in Australia, is that abortion is a hidden issue. Yes. Um, so I visited America last year, and, yeah. and in America you can see the abortion clinics. They're sitting quite prominently. They've got Planned Parenthood branding and all that. And so you, you see that, you know, on YouTube and Facebook, the videos of people going out and standing outside the yeah. front of engaging engaging the problem publicly but it's uh it seems to be much more difficult in australia because they all take place it's illegal what <laughs> well, well, is now yeah but they also you know they take place in hospitals yes. I, w- <laughs> I don't think i've ever had a single conversation with a non-christian about abortion yeah it's an issue in the u.s even in the you know, presidential elections uh so they will take a side and uh it's become very advers- adversarial there and binary um, you know, all the wrong things are binary these days, uh, where you know, the Democratic Party has virtually gone holders, almost holders bolus over to the, uh, the pro-abortion side, and the Republicans, with some exceptions, are, are saying, no, they're pro-life. You, you don't see that as much in Australia, although since about 1991, the ALP has had a pro-abortion uh, platform, and has stood on that, uh, although you are allowed to vote against it. That's because it's regarded as a conscience Conscience vote, vote, yeah. Uh, So you're not quite seeing the same thing, but it's an issue in the US. In Australia, if it's raised, they tend to apologise and say, we didn't want to raise this, you know, we're just trying to get these things through. I just do think, uh, unless I've misread it, but but, uh, in September last year in New South Wales, we did see some things that we had not seen before. There was a galvanising of opposition uh, to the New South Wales Act. Now, New South Wales was the last, I think, the last remaining state that had some sort of abortion laws that had some sort of connection with some sort of reasonable morality. Um, they were not implemented because nobody had the courage to implement them. But there, were, there was there was something standing on the statute books that were. Uh, reasonable, but they, they they needed correction, but not the way they went. <laughs> uh, Other direction. <laughs> yeah, and then there was this terrible collapse, um, and the premier pushing it along with you know uh, other parties. And this is bipartisan; they're all cheering themselves on. And we've got these appalling laws that we've got now. But there was a galvanising of opposition to it that we hadn't seen before. Uh, and, and again, it's there for a moment. How do you capture that and keep going? I'm, I'm not the one for that. But the, the March for Babies is, uh, I think, it's still got a fair bit of momentum um, down in uh, Melbourne and up in Brisbane. Uh, and hopefully, I think Sydney will, will see that. Somebody will organise that. And they've got big numbers. And, I, you know... Uh, we won't forget the the politicians who voted yeah, yeah. for the abortion bill, and we won't forget those who stood against it and, and copped it. So, so for 
the average person who wants to um, speak to this issue in, in public, um, one one opportunity is is to maximise on those um, public events um, that, that come up. Yeah, yeah. One opportunity. That's that's one opportunity. It's still a, a deep resistance in Australia, I think, to go to the issue. It's yeah. You can talk about anything else, but um, <laughs> don't talk about this. Uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I I, th- I think you don't have to wait till something happens. Um, no, I agree. Um, I'm I'm just trying to work through how you'd how you would even engage it, it, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, so I well, when you get the answer, tell me. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, does I'm Liz, a great does strategist. Does Lizzie me. help you out at all? Does she uh, give she, you any she ideas? She gives you uh, what we all need. We we give we need a framework yeah. for approaching this. Um, we need some examples. I, I think uh, a collection of testimonies is very powerful. Uh, one of the things yes. I found in writing the second edition of uh, my book was there was a, a chapter put in that was not there in the first one. And the second, the, the one that, that was put in was to do with the response of women. I call it wounded women. So yes. women who yeah. had abortions and then they're responding to it. And there is post-abortion syndrome, they call it, uh, <laughs> grief over abortion and it's it's very strong it's very pronounced and it's very deep and it's it's, it's an awful thing that many women have gone through and uh, i've met some of them you know so they're, they're not just people here there and somewhere they're here there and everywhere mm. Uh, mm. Uh, well, the, the stats are huge aren't they it's like oh yes. is it one in four or something has, has had an abortion or yes, well, that's the, the number of had it. I think some of that would be uh, the people who've had Multiple. more than yeah. one abortion, yeah. uh, and so you you never know. But in any church, even you, yeah. Sense, yeah. you should assume that this uh, has affected some, um, and, uh, and it will affect the families of some. So people will know of friends or family who, uh, who have mm. had abortions and. And, and therefore, that's painful, and they're reluctant to go there because yes. that, that causes pain. That causes a possible rift with the family. You know, I'm saying to someone, you know, this is wrong, and and that's a deep challenge to the, that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trouble is, if you if if they don't face it, it's it's a hiding of sin, it's a covering of sin, rather than confessing and faith. Yeah, that's in. That's in. And, uh, which doesn't mean you. <laughs> You are you, you can't do the Holy Spirit's work for him. <laughs> you know, he's the one who will bring conviction of sin and, and uh, salvation in Christ. But there is always bad news that comes before the good Th- news. There is, and yep. and uh, the modern evangelical approaches just woo people in with good news. And I, I'm not sure they're reading their Bibles right. There's, yeah, there was a, another aspect of you know, repent and believe the gospel. You know. So, th- so there's an I guess the the takeaway for me is. Um, to be to be equipped and to know about the issue, which these books will help you with a lot, uh, and then to um, not be not be shy in talking about it. Yeah, Obvi- yes. obviously talking about it gently and carefully, but not being shy to, to actually engage when these issues come up in yeah. don't, conversation. Don't, don't be belligerent, but be authoritative. Yeah, and if the law of God is written on our hearts, as yeah, Romans two says. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're appealing to something that deep down they know is true. Yeah. Uh, they can't avoid this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, how far you want to crank that in, in a single conversation with someone is, you know, you, 
with the wisdom of Solomon and a few others too uh, for that. But, uh, yeah, it, it is there. You, you know what I, I like, though, about your work as, as well is that you, you haven't just stopped at saying, no, this is wrong. We also need to be looking at, okay, how, how do we help something like Hope House? How do we promote the goodness of kids and, you know, the, and push in that direction as well? It's not just um, anti-abortion. It's actually you know, the, yeah. having kids yeah. is a good thing. It's... Yeah. It can be hard, it's difficult, but it's a good thing. It is hard, it is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a good thing, yeah. Uh, and Hope House is, well, I think it's well named. I mean, it's not yeah. original, of course. There's plenty of Hope Houses out there for all sorts of things. But uh, but one of the things we're trying to say is, yeah, this is a good thing and uh, you go ahead and you won't regret it. You, yeah. You'll yeah. have your trials and troubles, but you won't regret it. Yeah. Uh, you, you, know, you go ahead with the abortion and... You will regret it, that's it. very deeply, and um, and so that's where we can be engaging with other with uh, with other non Christians and even Christians in our life, and and being involved mm-hmm. to the point where we're helping them to work through those decisions. I think that's yeah, yeah. We will do. We'll stand beside you. We'll do everything that's we right. can. To, yeah, uh, and it takes a bit of money actually. And uh, Hope House hasn't got a lot, but. Uh, so donations, well, donations are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> They're very welcome, but uh, yeah. But uh, the more uh, the door is open, the wider the door is open, the more help we can offer. Uh, but there is there is substantial help there for yeah, that's good woman in that sort of situation. Mm. So we're going to shift gears a little bit yes. and uh, <laughs> and talk about another book that you've written recently called Athanasius of His Life and Impact. Oh no, Athanasius of Alexandria, his life and impact. Yes, it's very fancy. Odd cover. But this uh, this book is I, I read this book, so this is what I'm bringing to the table. It's about um, Athanasius, who was an early church father, lived around 300s, um, and 298 to be 373. There you go. Yeah, you know his, you know the facts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get to know him. Uh, but what he was sort of known for, he was a, he was a bishop in. Alexandria, which is in Egypt, and what he was known for was his fight around the Nicene Creed in particular. Um, and so the book itself takes you through his life, which is complicated but interesting. Mm. Um, and at the end, there's a few chapters which give you lessons from Athanasius. Uh, and the way that, that this sort of links with the abortion topic is that Athanasius was involved in the Nicene Creed, which which was... The creed in in the early church, which determined that Jesus was the Son of God, equal um, to the Father, one person in the Trinity, right? Um, not created. Yeah, three uh, persons in the Trinity, but yeah, homoousios is same essence, or yeah. same substance. Uh, whatever the Father is, the Son is. So equal with the Father. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, and that happened fairly early on in Athanasius' life, right? He was yeah. He was not bishop uh, in three twenty five when the uh, Council of Nicaea took place. He's he would have been what late twenties or something like that. I uh, guess yeah. yeah. Um, he was a deacon. Yep. Uh, probably not a Baptist or a Presbyterian view of a deacon, <laughs> but uh, he uh, he was there. Uh, but I, I doubt very much that he spoke. Yep. That, that would have been unheard of. Um, but his bishop was actually called Alexander, so Alexander of Alexandria, hmm. uh, and he was close to his bishop. And uh, a lot of deacons were; they often became secretaries. Right. Or, uh, so he was kind of secretary and theological mentor, if you like, of his bishop. And um, uh, he died after 
Alexander died after the Council of Nicaea and, and Athanasius becomes his successor. So he came to, goes from deacon to bishop. Right. And what I found interesting was that he the Nicene Creed is sort of done and <coughs> we look at that in, in history and we go, oh, yeah. the Trinity's sorted, you know. Yes. yes. <laughs> but then for uh, the next 50-odd years... Yeah. Athanasius is fighting this, this yeah. battle yeah. between the, the Arians and there's a few others in there of yeah. Ians and of various sorts and uh, who, are, who are saying, no, Jesus is not yeah. um, God in, in Trinity. And Athanasius is fighting this battle. I think he gets exiled five times for all yeah. his troubles. Yeah. And, um, and so it looks, like it, it looks like it's all sorted. Much the same as I, I, I think there's a parallel here to abortion. It look the, the science and the, the mm. biblical arguments, everything's sorted. Yes, Every, everybody knows the truth. Yes, but we see, see we seem to. Yeah. I mean, you wrote this book back in 1984, right? Yeah, the first um, edition, yeah, the before I was born, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been around a while, <laughs> and uh, and we see, we're still fighting this battle. Um, yeah. And so what, what hope can we get from Athanasius in, in all of that? Uh, well, he, he, the winners aren't always obvious. Um, <laughs> uh, so something that seems to be sorted, you know, the deity of Christ at, at the Council of Nicaea, and we tend to think of history in terms of Mark Knoll's turning points, and this mm-hmm. is a turning point, and then you go on to something else. And it just doesn't work out like that. It all unravels, and... The, the first exile uh, is under Constantine, the emperor. So he, he managed to, to offend five uh, emperors and, and they have differing views. So he offends Constantine, who was professedly orthodox, but not very theological, and basically he wanted peace in the church. Yeah. Yep. And he already had the Donatist controversy in North Africa. He, he didn't want a second one over Arianism or semi-Arianism or anything like Arianism. Peace at all costs. Yeah, just... Yeah. Get the church going, and, and I suppose a lot of people think like that anyway, uh, but certainly the emperors <laughs> tend to think like that. And so a couple of years after the, the Council of Nicaea, when Arius puts out a, a kind of ambiguous statement, uh, and really a lot of the debates were over ambiguity. Uh, Arius believed that Jesus, is the, well, the Logos, the, the Word of God, is the highest of the created beings. So the highest of the angels. God creates uh, the Son and then he creates the Holy Spirit. And then you've got Genesis 1 verse 1. So their slogan was, uh, uh, there was when he was not. And and to make sense of it, we have to put in there was a time when he was not, but it actually meant this was before time. Uh, And so the idea that, uh, Aris's idea was not that Jesus is just a great man or even that he's an angel, but, but the... Very highest. highest yeah. He he spoke a triadic language, but not a full trinity. Uh, mm. uh, uh, Athanasius' genius was this: that the creation cannot save itself. Yeah. A, the creature cannot save the creation. It, God Himself has to save His creatures, and so the Savior is the Redeemer uh, and the Creator. He has to be. Yeah. He has to be. Otherwise, that's his genius. That's his big picture. Mm. Yeah, and that's what he's passed on. And and he kept holding to that truth. Yes. Despite all the yes. battles and things that he fought. And he, he's not a fanatic. Um, he, he, no, was very, he was very gentle, wasn't he? In, yeah, in yeah. Many ways. He's got a reputation of being irascible, but that's, I think, because people are, you know, love heresy and love 
the wrong kind of piece. Uh, but he was not irascible. He could be tough, but he was not hard to get on with. If you said the same thing in different ways, he was okay with that. Yeah, yeah. But he did come find his view that the only way to put it was the way the Council of Nicaea put it. He couldn't see another way of framing it without mm. ambiguity. And mm-hmm. It was ambiguity that he was opposing. Um, yeah, so provided you profess the full deity of Christ and then later the full deity of the Spirit, yeah, uh, you're in. <laughs> uh, but, he, but he fought that battle, yeah. And he kept holding the truth. And I think that's, that to me is, um, is the takeaway that we can... We can go with, and you can read the book for more takeaways. But <laughs> takeaway we can go with, with with the whole abortion issue from Athanasius is that you keep holding the truth. And what was it? What was the quote you said beforehand? Oh, a wonderful quote uh, from uh, Phillips Brooks, who's uh, an American Episcopalian bishop and not the sort of fellow that uh, from the late nineteenth century. So not uh, someone that, that uh, you know, Presbyterian Reformed person would go to first off but it's a wonderful quote it, it he's saying the truth is always strong even when it appears weak and falsehood is always weak even when it appears strong and i just found that uplifting and embracing and encouraging and strengthening mm. uh to, rem- to remember in all things you provide you got it right <laughs> um but, but athanasius got it right abortion is wrong and whatever other issues are out there, same-sex marriage and all the rest of them, uh, yeah, you want to spit at the sky, you'll get it in the face. Sort of. um, you know, it, 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 the whole creation will rebound against you. Yeah, yeah. Truth will prevail, right? Yes, that does more delicately put. <laughs> well, you've uh, been joining us on the Reformers Bookcast, and thank you, Peter, for coming in. Tom. Thanks, Andrew. 